tell us to ask Swampy with detail. Well, but I'm interested though in this in this thing because because you're going to night school. We talked about this before. Of but you're doing it for work. But we did mention that it you, was for me. But but whether it was but you also enjoyed it. Oh yes. So it's part of your leisure. That's right. The same as work quite a lot in the labs. Fun. Um, so I went to night school and it was difficult because I'm working in the plastics factory all day. Leave at half past five. Get the bus. Get to uh, West Ham. Go down the refectory, have a quick coffee and a bun, go up to the lecture room, get home at nine, and quite often go over and see Doris as well. Made a long day. Mm. And sometimes, of course, while working there, it's a plastics factory and doing more work. And so we had a commitment sometimes to work Saturday mornings as well, and quite often to do fire watching, which meant staying up on the roof in two hour shifts overnight, mm. where you, you've got a buddy who was sleeping for two hours and you were up on the roof. And then you come down to sleep and you'd all have breakfast in the canteen about seven in the morning. And that was marvellous because you got unlimited eggs and bacon. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was really that much, as probably as much as you want, except that years later I came out with a, uh, my first Bachelor of Science degree. And I subsequently went on to, to a Master of Science. <coughs> but an interesting feature of the war bit was in 1944, when I was taking my uh, intermediate exams, now it's a foundation course. You have three a year's foundation course, three years of degree, say. Um, but then it was called intermediate BSc, and I took the exam in the Central Hall, Westminster, upstairs, which is a big round floor and a huge glass dome, and outside the flying bombs are flying by, never knowing when they drop. So during the exam, which lasted two or three days, I think. We had a chap up on the roof with binoculars looking and listening for fly bomb. If he judged they were coming too near, he'd say, take cover, phone down. We'd all get under our bit desks and wait to see if the glass would come in or not. I must say that it's quite prestigious then to get a degree at all. Mm. But to do it in the air aids was something that they mentioned. Mm. We went to the Albert Hall to see him get his degree and it was quite something. Mm. And so when he'd finished um, his degree, uh, the council wrote to him and said, would you take a class of young men um, to tell, tell Joe what, what they said? Well, that's, that's in the adult part of life, because they're coming up. Well, we're mentioning it as it does, it just, just mention it now, as it... As yes, well, <coughs> when I'd got my degree and the war was over, the reason I never served in the forces was threefold. One, I was unfit medically because of asthma. Secondly, I was in a reserved occupation, making, amongst other things, radar stubs for submarines when radar was just coming out. Mm. And third thing was I was a student in a preferred subject, science. Mm. They needed scientists. So for three reasons, I never went in the forces, which was fine. Uh, but after the war, I decided to join the Civil Defence, which was then organised on a borough basis. And so I joined the Chingford Borough Civil Defence. Because I'd got a degree, immediately I was a scientific officer. Because I was the only one, I was the senior scientific officer. And the job you had was to check on this was atomic bomb problem area. Because they'd finished the war in Japan with two atomic bombs. So everyone was worried about atomic bombs radioactivity, fallout being dropped downwind. And so lots of preoccupation was to 
look at the Met information and sort out from it from your borough where it was likely to get fallout from a bomb however far or near away. <coughs> and the other thing was preoccupation with nerve gas. And so we had to be able to check for nerve gas and that meant um, I'm very much a hands-on sort of guy. So if we're going to do that then we need our teams of four people and uh, through people being kind and liking the sound of it I finished up with four teams, six yeah. teams of four people. They loved it. They loved it, which meant if we all went out in Epping Forest, which is our doorstep, to do our practice, I'd got six Land Rovers. Now, Essex County Council only had five, and sometimes they'd only got four, and they, they wanted us to do this, so they'd have to borrow from Hertfordshire. There was anguish if we turned one over in a ditch, we did happen once. <laughs> went down side, we got all that manpower, some girls there, so we just able to lift it out and put it back on straight. And we used to go out in things like a foggy November night with all the gear for searching for nerve gas, which consisted of impossibles, all rubber stuff, because this thing, nerve gas goes on your skin, soaks in, you've had it. So everything is covered, rubber gloves, gauntlets, you've got a respirator, of course, uh, a cover over your helmet, you've got a, a pouch full of little pellets, as big as big haspins, that you stick in the end of a small bike pump. You draw the air in, look at the colour, if it's gone pink you've got nerve gas, you check in the dark with a torch that's hanging on you, you pick up your mobile phone which is hanging on you, talking to headquarters saying I've got this figure at such a place. Totally looking through the respirator. The, the, totally the young impossible. men absolutely loved it and he had about 24 young 24 men. yes. 14. And uh, we've got two teenage girls which they loved, <laughs> and um, our, our girls and I were involved in all these exercises, which they loved, and I drove everything. I drove... Everything up to three and a half tons. Yeah, and uh, signals vehicles, and mm. had a job with the double declutching, and the, they used to sit beside me and, and help me with the clutch. For that. And our girls went as casualties where we did exercise yeah. in broken down villages. They'd lay out dead. But we also had fun mm. because I was involved and there's got to be fun. I had a lot of argument. And uh, we, had a, we put on a play once and I got all these chaps to be char ladies on Six the stage. And we had something. It was hilarious really um, because I put curlers in their hair and uh, tell them not to sit with their legs wide apart on the platform because ladies don't do that. But it was such a job to get them, especially when one of them on the night touched his hat to, the other <laughs> to one. say good afternoon to somebody. He dragged up his frock to get his handkerchief out. The mayor of Cheever was sitting there really Yes, it was the mayor of corporation in a big village oh, hall doing this. It was really fun, yeah. So although it was very serious stuff, that Eric did, it was fun as well. Hmm. Anyway, so that was definitely leisure. Yeah. Coming back to the gas thing, just mm -hmm. to finish it, I found it was quite impossible to do it, as they said. I had long correspondence with the Home Office scientists saying, you just can't do it. Mm -hmm. Try it yourself. It can't be done physically with all the gear you've got, even in the daylight. But I don't know what happened in the end. But there you are, I had my tussles with them. Mm -hmm.
on to leisure, of course, it's music that's been the well, biggest thing of all. So let's just come back to you, Doris, and say yeah. why um, Eric was playing with his chemistry sets. What did you get on get up to as a child? Sewing and knitting. No doubt about it. I made lots and lots of things. Clothes. Things I, I look at now and think, gosh, they're really nicely made. But even as a child? Oh, yes. yes. Well, that little costume That's why my mother took me to this little factory. Because she knew that that was the thing that I was good at. She said to me once, I used to see you with your dolls. And I knew that that was the thing you were going to do. And uh, very profitable it was, really, in the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did everything like that. And knitting, I used to make clothes. I used to knit for soldiers. Balaclava helmets and things. Because, let's face it, there was no television. My father had a radio, which he absolutely loved. So we did have the radio on. And uh, I could sing you a lot of ditties. The radio was driven by glass. On the radio, yes. The radio but was driven by a glass accumulator, which had to be taken to the garage charging shop some way off to get rechanged for another one. But no as batteries. children, we weren't. We didn't sit about. We had a skipping rope mm. and used to play bunts in the garden. Play donkey play. on the garden wall. Okay. Can, we, you, can you explain what those two, what, what are bumps and donkeys? Well, bumps are a very quick, fast skipping. And you've got to be quite talented to do that. But of course, we all were because we learnt, we wanted to do it. And um, all sorts of things with our skipping ropes. Can, can you, because I'm quite interested in, in recording some of these, get some of the skipping games and, and songs. That, oh. Or also just, because they were different ways, weren't they? That you could either have... Like say, the fast skipping or, or two girls skipping and two, That's right, two yeah. girls doing it together. And we used to sing, but I can't tell you. No. I'm sorry about right. that. Okay. I should be able to, but I can't remember. But, but can you dis can you describe any any of the skipping games? Yes, we played? used to swing the rope on the ground and then we'd all uh, jump over it. So you just back and forward rather than all the yes. way around. Yes. And uh, we used to say. What's the time, Mr. Wolf? We'd have one who was Mr. Wolf mm. who walked in the front of a crowd behind you and uh, every time we'd say one o'clock <coughs> and turned round and they'd all stop dead. And if you caught one of them moving, out. You, you know, they were out. That sort of thing. But we always played games. And what games and things that occupied us. But, uh, and you mentioned a game called Donkeys. What was that one? Ah, that was a, a ball. You, we had a wall at, at home that were, was a brick wall. And we'd throw the ball on the wall. And when it came down, it would bounce. And you'd jump over it when it was on the ground bouncing. And um, uh, the one behind caught the ball. And if they didn't catch the ball, out. That sort of thing. It was mostly physical. Mm. And where, where would you, I mean, things like balls, where would you, you know, would they be around? Would, oh, yes. You didn't have to make had, them? No, no, we didn't make them. I, uh, we had um, aunties. Um, my mother was one of ten children. So 
we had plenty of aunties who used to send us parcels. I bet they knew we weren't very well off. Mm. Now, I th when I think of it, that's probably it. Um, but uh, they were very good to us and <coughs> we always got something to play with and always got children around. But we didn't play in the road. Um, a lot of children did then, but I think we were in, shall I say, upper class road. Because <laughs> yeah. although my, we weren't very well off, we were the poor little Cayley girls in that house, you know. Mm. So, but so you used to play in the garden? Yes, but we always had friends. And we were, we'd either got friends in or we were out in their garden. Okay. But um, it was mostly physical stuff like that. Because the gentleman I interviewed from Walthamstow, he was ta ta talking about playing football in the street. He, he, was, he was younger than you, so yes. um, this would be after the war. Um, and he was saying that balls, well, I'd say the ball would be hard to come by. Did he? And they'd play with like a tennis ball that'd been right, all the fur had been worn off. Yeah, so was that, so was ours. And he goes, but that'd be owned. And the lad that owned it, when, it, when he said, right, I'm going home, he'd take it home with him. And they'd all oh. go, oh, we haven't finished yet. And like they'd all complain. So oh. there'd, there'd only be one ball in the whole street. And they, oh, they, I they, see. Used, they used to play in the street. That reminds me, I used to go when I was about four, three, four, five. I used to go with my mother, who'd got a friend with a tennis court in her garden. And my mother used to play tennis. I got a photo somewhere of her with the racket and me, quite small. Um, but at, at grammar school, they had the usual cricket and football, being asthmatic. I still had to go out and the bad weather, because football was always in the winter. Wet fields, fog, bad on your lungs, and I'd just get a wind job, standing there doing nothing for an hour, getting frozen. <coughs> cricket I used to be quite good at, but erratically. But you see, Eric's upbringing was totally different to mine My in that he was an only child virtually mm -hmm. until Audrey came but then even when she came you know what babies are they need a five years to My father was always well off he um, did this concert party stuff and I think he must have gone to music college he wrote a lot of music right up to the time he died and uh, I've got it all and um, the thing is that when he got married to mum, his father, that's my grandfather, bought their house outright and grandmother put in all the carpets and curtains, which is a good start for a married couple, no mortgage. And then he was playing the piano for cinema at five pounds a week in the early 1920s. My dad was earning 30 shillings a week and was buying a house Bringing and up keeping four, kids. four children. Mm. As well as but that was quite unusual though, wasn't it, at that time? Yes, it to was. Buy a house. It was a big... It was a big thing mm. that they, mm. they did. Because home, um, home ownership was as much smaller percentage than it is now. Well, these, oh. these houses, when they were built, was, uh, which was about 1926, they were first occupied, uh, were £675 each. It got the price on the end wall of one, where it overlooked the railway. Mm. Mm. That's right, yeah. But um, it was a fun, you know, it was a fun life. Yeah, so you had a, you had quite a large extended family to, yes. play, to, for, to play with. But, but, well, and friends. Yeah. There were friends in the road, and we all congregated. And where, where would you congregate? Uh, well, I suppose mostly at school, and walking to school. Mm. 
I mean, everybody's walking that <coughs> way, and you can't, how can you help not seeing them and saying hello and that sort of thing? I mean, it was, that's right. And that's how um, you talk to the neighbours and that sort of thing. I mean, Speaking of nowadays friends. they don't seem to do that. Do, and I'll tell you what I think it is. It's educating the girls. Um, I mean, I've done all sorts of things in my life. All voluntary. I've never earned any money. and um, But I've done all sorts. I've run a hospital shop. Weighed babies in a clinic, looked after old people on a committee in in uh, the village where we live, been to school to care, uh, look after the children while teachers having a coffee or gone out for some reason, and been out on daytime trips with the school because they needed a a, a parent for so many children, and. Uh, I did that. I've always been busy. You've been out camp holidays, but I'm interested in say how you would arrange to meet your your friends and re and relatives to play. You, would you do that at school? You'd say, oh, I, I, I'll meet you at so-and-so at six o'clock. No, you don't do that. You just, you just go out in the street. Okay. And are they there? Yes, they're there. Oh, yes. And they come running. Mm. <laughs> So yeah, just, there'd be a lot more there'd be a lot more children out in the street playing, so you could just oh, go out. Oh well, I think that's true. Yes. And um, also, uh, yes. And was your school very close to you? Yes, you it lived? was. Uh, what do you think, Eric? We we were My... Kings Road Primary School. It's a church school, mm. and Doris, all of Doris's family went, mm. and I went, and my sister went, and I've got a picture of their class of nineteen thirty one, mm. which is forty children. Class one, 40 children, and there is me, and there is Ken, my then best friend, and he's now my brother in law. And he's and still alive, Eileen, same age as Eric. There's Eileen, Doris is next to his sister, who subsequently married Ken. So it's a very close, mm, close, close community. Do you think that's what it is? People travel now, don't mm, they? That's what I'm saying, because your school, because you walked. You, you both walked well, that was the primary yeah, school. Yes, we, we walked, walked to school, school, but then Doris went to Wellington Avenue School, which was a lot further away. Mm. Whereas, because I went to the grammar school, I had to get a bus anyway. Mm. So I used to get two buses to get to Walthamstone. Okay. Doris used to walk. You see, they always say these days that everything's got to be fair, but life isn't fair, is it? <laughs> and. Um, you know, it's no good saying that everybody should go to university and get the silly no. degrees they get. When Eric got his degree, it was quite something. Mm -hmm. But everybody in the class knew that it was clever Eric Cornish sitting in the front mm -hmm. and always top of the class. Mm -hmm. But we, did we care? We knew that who was at the bottom of the class. Was going to be a plumber or a carpenter or electrician. Is that really useful? It's just but, but, but now that I mean we won't go on to what the ifs and buts, but yeah, um, yeah I you, do I do think that young people like say today they do travel. So it's interesting talking to young people, and they could be best of friends at school, and then summer holidays they won't see each other because they live so far apart. Yeah. So that thing like you went to your your school was the children in your community. Well, yeah. then it's the church. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was brought up um, to go to church because we all did. Eric wasn't, I was, and um, 
because of that, uh, they had youth clubs. I, I know they do now, but it's a slightly different thing now. Mm. But um, then we used to go there for this social time and love all getting together and walking home. It's all walking, you see, there were no cars, so how often as you, you see. How often would you go to a youth club? Uh, wouldn't be more than once a week, would it, Eric? No, about once a week. And what sort of activities did you get up to at the youth club? Well, that's when we started to dance, and we've danced ever since we were about 17. So so, so you'd go to the youth club and they'd put on yeah. a, a, a record? A proper that's club. right, and they would play games and things like that. Perfectly innocent. Mm. There was never any jumping into bed. We lived at home. What sort of games would they play at the... Do you remember? What sort of games? Well, it was anything that would... Uh, it was mostly physical, but I can't... I couldn't tell you what the games were. So they're not like board games. They're more like, yeah, they're like... Oh, no. It wasn't... Like table, wasn't table tennis and football, rugby, That's more cricket. like it. Yes, it's that kind of thing. Although, of course, they wouldn't be able to have all the equipment, but it was other things like um, spelling and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, it sounds dry, but it wasn't. We liked it. And because we all went, that's what it is. We were all, we got people our own age. And uh, do you remember old Ken? Would come, would walk behind, and we'd, we'd be a bunch. Six death of him. We'd be a bunch <laughs> courting out near the forest with our bikes or something. And old Ken always seemed to be short of a girl, and he always walked behind <laughs> with his bike lamp on, shining everybody but else who wanted to kiss each other. It was oh, being crikey. all together, you see. But there wasn't any of all this sex and all that. Um, no. It was other things that uh, interested us. So, so the boys and girls at the youth club would intermingle and play games together? That's right. Oh, yeah. And would the girls play football? That's mm. right. Okay. Yeah, everybody would be mixed up mm. and uh, mm. whatever we did, we all did together. Mm. Um, Linda, our middle daughter, went to a grammar school and um, she went to a mixed school and that's quite a revelation to us. Because Christine, our eldest daughter, she went to an all-girls school, which she wasn't clever enough to go to the grammar school. Um, and she went to the all-girls school. And what a difference between the two of them. Mm. Christine was so interested in the boys. And um, Linda, didn't Linda care could, couldn't have cared less. They'd say to Linda... Uh, all the time she was at university and wherever she mixed, she, they always used to say, go on, Linda, cut my hair. And she'd say, yes, well, I'll do it, only if you've washed it within the last 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. We've had some laughs over Linda, but she didn't care about the boys. Okay. Um, when you used to play with your relatives, did you, did you ever have to have the responsibility of looking after them? Did your parents or aunts no. ever yeah, say Yes, Ian. Yeah. No, no, that's a different life. That's different. Well, well, are you talk, still talking yeah. to yeah. me? Yeah, talking about being a band of child, like when you'd go out and play, like would look, would your parents again? No. We talk about going out. No, would they all look. Make sure you look after. No, I don't remember any of that. No, no. So when you used to go out and play, did your parent, your parents would know? Would you say, "Oh, I'm going to go out and play here, and I'll be back at tea time"? Oh, they were very. In my parents were very. 
interested in where we were, but we didn't go out much. We went. We were in the garden. Not necessarily your garden, though. Yes. Oh, okay. So it the, wasn't the, a very big garden. So all, all the all the siblings and friends would come to you, congregate at your house. Yes, they'd knock at the door and say, you know, mm. you're coming to play, or mm. can I come to play, or that sort of thing. I'm talking about me particularly. I mean, I don't know what other families did, but we didn't play in the street. No. But then our mum and dad, they were good well, mum and dad. My yeah. dad had a terrible temper and he frightened the life out of us a lot of the time. But when he was okay and he loved us all mm. and he was always wanting to play and... In general, where we lived, people didn't play in the street. Mm. Uh, where we lived was essentially a central block of houses and then a road and an outer ring with one entrance to a main road, main in our terms at the time. And they were fairly upper class. There weren't, not That's like the pictures right. you see of Stepney with all the kids in the gutter. We didn't have that. You'd meet your friends and all our school friends, a lot of them lived in this road, you just meet up. The only thing I used to do is Ken and did a lot of Meccano playing, Meccano piece. And Ken and I used to have Meccano parts. Well, about the time we were at school, and we used to make them and drive lorry models off the mains motor from a vacuum cleaner and that sort of thing. Which taught you a bit of electrics, you see. Mm. But um, there weren't kids playing in the street where we lived. Not that Eric's right. He, what did you call it? Upper crust? Because well, yes. it was. You see, Mrs. Style, Mrs. Steer, Mrs. Shepherd, the It was known the as being North Chingford. It was North Chingford. And there. South Chingford. It was if a bit more classy. North Chingford, you were up. You were definitely. Yeah. Um, there was this um, difference, which now they insist isn't isn't there or shouldn't be there. I don't believe that. I don't think it matters tuppence which class you're in. Mm. Uh, everybody knows which class you're in. But you feel happier in your society of your own class. <laughs> but, it yes. sounds, but it sounds like Eric played indoors a lot more than you did. Yes. Yes, well, Eric had a few marbles up here. We didn't. We played out. Mm. So you played so you and played. I used to go and run I'll tell you, it shows now and all through our married life, Eric would be very happy to sit with his books and do all that. He would be happy. I wouldn't. I love people. And I'm the one that instigates the friends. And we've got loads of friends. Mm. And mostly because of Eric's music. But he used to hide his light under a bushel. And um, nobody ever heard him play till I came on the scene. Mm. And I brought all my friends from work mm. <laughs> in the little factory which I had a lot of friends, lovely girls they were mm. too. And um, they used, used to, to come sing around the piano. sing around the piano for hours. But it was that that started his music going because all through our married life, he's performed at countless places, mm. brought loads of pleasure to so many people, mm. played the church organ everywhere, all around. Um, mm. Done a few Bit concerts. Associated board exams. 
So, so, when, so, when, so when the girls used to come round from the factory, what, what were they? You'd play songs that you oh, yeah, sing. Oh yeah, lots of songs at the time about the piano. So yeah. what, what, what sort of so, what sort of songs do you remember you played? Yes, we've got some. Where's, where's uh, our where's our book? One or two there. Seems like when while the music played on and uh, yes, we've got books here that. Well, the sheet music that came round at the time for the forces with a bullet drawn in the middle of the paper saying, when you finish with this, recycle the paper for the... Where are the single sheets? 